Body image issues are, I would say, pervasive in the horse world, regardless of discipline or age or sex or economic status or location. I feel like a large majority of people in this industry have dealt with body image in some way, shape, or form at some point. And because it can have very potentially negative consequences and because it is so pervasive, I really think it does deserve to be talked about. And that's why I'm talking about it today because I personally have definitely been negatively impacted by things surrounding body image in the past. Welcome to another episode of A Strong in the Saddle. I'm your host, Katrina. And before we get started, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. If you could please share this episode on social media, because again, I think lots and lots of people have been impacted by negative body image sorts of things that I really think a lot of people could benefit from this conversation. Uh, if you're on YouTube, be sure to give this video a thumbs up, leave me a comment below, I'd love to hear from you, and subscribe to my channel, and you can find me on Instagram at Strong in the Saddle, and I'll put links to all that good stuff in the show notes. So, before we get too deep into this, I just want to say, like, right at the outset, so I'm a white female of middle class. I live in Alberta, Canada, and I've always been in the like Western side of the horse industry. So I started in 4-H, came up through the ranks there, did some horse showing within the 4-H organization. Then I moved into high school rodeo and amateur rodeos. And now I'm in kind of the reigning, all-round showing, ranch riding kind of world. So that is where I'm coming from with this as I come into this conversation. I definitely acknowledge that my opinions and everything else are very much a reflection of my background and who I am. And I likely do not have some of the same opinions as other people on this topic. And that is okay because they are just my opinions. I'm not saying anything that I'm going to say today is a fact. It's just my observations from where I have come from. For those of you who aren't aware, I did have an eating disorder. I was diagnosed with anorexia in 2012, I think, so a little over 10 years ago at this point. I... To this day, I still don't really know what triggered it. I don't ever recall like thinking, oh, I wish I had so-and-so's body. But I think as my eating disorder progressed and as I got further into high school, um, or I would have been finished high school at this point, but 
I don't know. I think as my eating disorder got worse, as my brain was functioning less and less optimally because I just wasn't feeding myself, I feel like wanting my body to look a certain way and those kind of body dysmorphia type things, which body dysmorphia is um, where you think your body looks a certain way, but it actually doesn't. So um, a lot of like cartoons have been drawn to illustrate this where a slim person is looking at a mirror and the reflection in the mirror is someone who's overweight. So that's kind of like the cartoon depiction of body dysmorphia. So I've definitely struggled with those and just wanting to fit into some sort of ideal. So I, it's something that has definitely impacted me and impacted decisions I've made in terms of what I eat and how I work out and all those sorts of things. Um, I'm much easier on myself now, but definitely like 10, 15 years ago, it was definitely a problem for me. So if you are struggling with any of this, like I can definitely sympathize. So as I said, I have, I'm coming at this from the Western horse industry and I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I feel like body image issues and the desire to look a certain way I feel like those pressures are a bit more exaggerated in the English world I think people in like the hunter jumpers and maybe like dressage and things like that I feel like there's more of a prevalence of wanting to fit this ideal look and that ideal look being a very long lean you know rider right with really long legs very slim and I don't know just very proper in the saddle like you guys know the look I'm talking about and she's probably white and she's probably I don't know blonde right just and always wears the trendiest clothes of course never a hair at a place very polished I don't I feel like I've there isn't that similar feel in the western world like I feel like we there's definitely what a western person looks like but I don't know if it's I just don't feel like the pressure is quite as extreme in the western world that's just my observation if that's not the case and you think there is a lot of pressure in the western world then definitely let me know um, of course I don't have experience in every discipline so there might be instances in the western world where that need or want to be a certain size shape and present yourself in a certain way is very extreme as well I would say from the barrel racing world which that is the sect of the equestrian world that I've spent the most time in you would think for something that is based on speed that people would want to be as tiny as possible and like Haley Kinzel if we look at the queen of barrel racing right now she is a very 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 tiny human um but I just don't feel like that has translated into what people try to look like in the amateur ranks again maybe I just didn't was not aware of this but I feel like there is a ton of different shapes and sizes in the amateur ranks and 
smaller riders, heavier riders, short riders, tall riders. Like there's a, if you go to an amateur rodeo, there's definitely a huge range of body shapes. And I don't know, maybe all those people are desiring to have the same body as Haley Kinzel. I don't know, but it's just, I, I never felt that pressure. And I would say maybe the reason for that is because barrel racing isn't based on appearances. Again, it is just fastest time wins. And so maybe that is why sports or disciplines like your more, more showy judged events where this would be more of an issue where appearances count for a lot. I would anticipate that the prevalence of body image issues and body dysmorphia and possibly even the rate of eating disorders would be higher in populations of equestrians that are competing in the judged events versus the performance, you know, sports disciplines that aren't based on what a judge is evaluating you for, you know, appearance, right? If you're not being judged on that, I feel like you would therefore put less emphasis on those things. Again, that's that's just a hypothesis. I have no statistics to back that up, but that's just my best guess, I guess we would say. I think that body image issues and body dysmorphia and all of that, it can definitely very much start off very innocently. Someone just making a a, like an off-the-cuff comment that isn't intended to be harmful but you know words can cut we all know that and I feel like one statement said in the wrong tone at the wrong time can it can trigger people and cause them to go down a very dark rabbit hole that um yeah can lead to a dark place so I think being very mindful of how you talk to people, trying to avoid commenting on their appearance, I think is very, very important. And I think it's something that as a general rule, people don't really think about it. We comment on people's appearances all the time. You know, you might comment on someone who's lost weight, but, and congratulate them for it, not knowing that they're suffering from maybe a health issue or something like an eating disorder. I know that definitely happened to me in the very beginning when I started losing weight at the start of my eating disorder. I was praised for it. I got compliments all the time. People asking me what I was doing, what I was eating, how I was exercising, and they had zero clue that I had an eating disorder and that their compliments were actually stoking the fire to make it even worse. You know, they were... They were well-intentioned, but just didn't understand the consequences of commenting on someone's appearance. And I think we can't ignore the fact that, okay, so there is people who are just well-intentioned and they're commenting, commenting on your body, thinking it's a good thing. But I do know that there is definitely coaches and parents and maybe even friends out there who do... Ne say negative things they might say you need to lose a few pounds because you are not going to win in the show ring if you look like this you need to look like this and they're very abrupt about it and it is in a very negative context where 
They say like, if you do not change you, you will not win. And I feel like if you're an equestrian who has very high competitive aspirations in your discipline, it's hard to ignore those kind of comments. And especially if it's coming from someone who is someone you respect, someone you trust, like a coach who is saying like, you need to do this if you want to win. Like, who is that rider to say no? Like, that's a very hard spot to be in. And I feel like a lot of riders, especially I feel like if this would be younger riders in most instances, they just, they're in a position where their coach says jump and they ask how high. And that comes in terms of their riding as well as in terms of themselves and what they're feeding themselves, what they are doing in terms of exercise and all that sort of a thing. And it's, yeah, it's when those people are in a, position of power and they get the blinders on of wanting success some less than ideal decisions and yeah less than ideal situation less than ideal decisions get made that can potentially harm someone's health physically as well as there's definitely a mental component as well and so we have like the in-person kind of pressures, but we can't ignore the big purple elephant in the room that is social media. I think social media has gotten better. Um, the internet in general has gotten better. I know like say you go on Wrangler's website, you do see a variety of body types on Wrangler's website for their models. There is definitely a wide variety, but there's still definitely the pressure, like regardless of what sport or who you are, I feel like social media is very dangerous because it does portray, especially Instagram is this very glamorized, polished, edited depiction of people's lives. And so if you are following an equestrian influencer and they look a certain way and maybe you do know the photos are edited or maybe you don't. It's hard to not get sucked into the, I want to look like them. I want to be like them and being very impressionable and feeling pressure from this curated world of social media. I know myself, I've definitely gotten I definitely have to be very mindful of who I follow on social media. And I would say every three months or so, I go through who I'm following and I unfollow anyone that I notice is making me feel less than about myself. I'm just, it's a mind game and you have to be very protective of what you are allowing yourself to see because again so much of it is edited I, and I will just set the record straight here in terms of anything that you see from me on social media the only editing that I do to any video or photos that I post is I might put just a, a filter to maybe make my face look a little more clear 
<laughs> that's about it. That is all. I do not like tinker with the shape of my body or anything like that. So I might have a filter on, but that is the extent of the editing. I don't have time nor the desire to be fully editing my photos, but just be aware that the majority of people on social media do edit their photos. So you need to keep that in mind. I think the weird thing about social media is that we spend so much time on our phones scrolling through things like Instagram and whatnot. And it start, you start to think that every, like the Instagram is an accurate portrayal of the real world, but it definitely isn't. Like if you go to a rodeo or a horse show or what have you, or even just like your barn where you board your horse, the average of what you see at those places in real life is not what you're seeing on social media. Social media is a very, again, very curated and polished representation of the world. Whereas the real world is not like that, but you start to think that Instagram is the real world. And I think that gives you a very warped sense of what you should be striving to be like, what is even attainable. And again, just something you have to be very, very mindful of. I would caution you about how much time you are spending on social media because it's, I don't know, social media, the creators behind social media definitely know how to mess with our minds and they do a very, very good job of it. And if you are someone who's very impressionable, if you're very young, like it can have serious consequences. Here on my podcast, on my YouTube channel and on my Instagram, I'm really striving to emphasize health as opposed to aesthetic. I really wanna emphasize performance as opposed to, yeah, just how you look. Because I feel like for so long, I was striving to be, well, for a long time, I was like in the kind of like bodybuilding bikini competitor world. And as glamorous as those girls look on show day up on stage, it's, it's not functional at all. You feel like garbage. If you see someone on a fitness magazine and they have abs, there's a very good chance they feel like absolute garbage. They have a very low level of fitness despite looking like they are fit. And I definitely learned the hard way that being skinny, being thin, working out a ton, not eating enough, it's a great way to not have success in the saddle, to not be athletic, to not be able to perform as an equestrian. And I think with my content, I'm really trying to drive home the idea that we need to focus on performance and function and health above all else. Because if you are just driving towards an aesthetic goal, it's it leads down a road that I really do not suggest that people take. And this is where we need to get very blunt, I don't know, just honest with what the ideal equestrian body looks like. And the fact is that it is going to look different for every single person. I don't know, for everyone that is watching this video or listening to this podcast, 
your ideal equestrian body is going to be very specific to you. So yes, there are going to be some people who are on the thinner side. They might have visible abs and there might be some people that are on the heavier side. They might, yeah, they're just chunkier or some people find that phrase, that word offensive, but just whatever wording you want to use, people are going to look different. Some people can be very, very slim and still be healthy. Some people need to be a bit heavier. I know for myself personally, I will be very honest, if I had visible abs, I would not be healthy. I would not have a regular menstrual cycle. I would be extremely fatigued. I would be irritable. I would not be able to think straight, nor would I have the motivation or the energy to ride my horse. I need to be a little bit heavier and that is where my body feels best. So whether that's the ideal equestrian body or not is completely irrelevant. It is my ideal equestrian body. And I think people really, really, really need to tune out the external world, tune out social media, and tune in to what their body is telling them about what is healthy, what is optimal for them. Because when you're healthy, when you're feeling good, that is when you are going to perform your best in the saddle. That's when you're going to feel like you can take on the world. Rather than focusing on, again, aesthetic and losing weight and the number on the scale and all of those things, I really encourage people to focus more on how you feel, how much sleep you're getting, keeping yourself hydrated, fueling your workouts, your rides, and just your body's needs properly, making sure you're getting enough protein, making sure you're getting micronutrients by eating enough fruits and vegetables, focusing on those big pillars that we all know contribute to being healthy. And yeah, just making that your priority instead. And you'll be amazed at how much better you feel, how much better you perform. It's from someone who has been on both sides of the fence. It's insane how crappy you can feel and how good you can feel. I think for a long time when I was striving to be a smaller person and wanting to or not wanting to, just driving my body into the ground by not fueling properly and over-exercising. I was in that state for so long that I was not aware of how bad I felt. It was just my normal. But when I started to turn the train around and eat more and recover more and work out less and take care of myself, I felt so much better. I just didn't realize that I could feel that good and it was revolutionary. So it's, it's, it's a hard change to make, but it's definitely a necessary one and definitely a very, very beneficial one. And I will acknowledge that, yes, this is very much easier said than done, like easy enough for you to say, I get it. it this is very hard. This is very countercultural in a world that praises rail thin models and you know that very long lean look and running on the treadmill for hours on end and only eating salads and all those things I know what I am saying is very countercultural, and it can feel scary 
Um, there's definitely a real thing called fat phobia and it's, and I'm not saying you're going to get fat if you're going against cultural norms. I just, I want to change people's mindset a bit from again, skinny to healthy. Performing is, and being healthy and feeling good in your skin and having your body in an optimal state is what I think we should be striving for instead. So I know it's, this is a very, very large topic. Um, I think one of the keys to improving this situation is education. I think one of the problems with social media is that there's a lot of fitness influencers out there that are not properly educated and they're actually distributing information that is inaccurate. And I think that is steering a lot of people in the wrong direction. So I think taking the initiative yourself and questioning, is this a good workout plan? Is this a good nutrition plan for me? Does this work for my personal needs? And like, I'm not saying you need to become an exercise physiologist and a registered dietitian, but just getting some basic knowledge and following people that are providing good information. I will link to a few people that I trust to listen to in the show notes uh, because I have combed through the garbage to find those little gems on social media that are, that are promoting good, sound, scientific advice. And yeah, just being very mindful of how social media can impact your perception of what is an ideal body and all those things. Surrounding yourself with people who are not promoting um, misinformation or just negative information. I think that can be really hard if a family member or a best friend is encouraging you to lose weight or do something that you do not think is good for you. It can be really hard to distance yourself from them, but just try your best to, if anything, just not have the topic brought up when you're around them, I think is the best thing to do. I know one of my family members definitely does like to talk about weight loss and the latest diet they're on and that sort of a thing. And I just try to steer the conversation in a different direction and just avoid the topic entirely with them. So those are definitely some suggestions that I have for you guys. And as I said off the top, I know this is a ginormous topic. It's fraught with a lot of differing opinions and it's just, it's a little bit toxic. So, but I would like to keep this an ongoing conversation with the podcast, my YouTube channel and my Instagram, just kind of continuing to give you guys advice for how to have a good body image for yourself, how to combat body dysmorphia and how to really make decisions that are from a place of pursuing health, pursuing performance and being the best equestrians that we can be. So we will leave it there for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, be sure to 
give it a like if you're on YouTube. Uh, give me a comment if you have any thoughts on this. I would love to hear from you. Be sure to also subscribe to my channel. If you're listening on your podcast app, if you could share this on social media, again, that would be greatly appreciated and tag me as well. And please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at stronginthesaddle. And until next time, remember, it's always a good day to ride.